почуєш серце зов, як заграє раптом кров, не турбуйся, не лякайся. Ось любов, а любов річ неземна, не спатена чарівна, ні від мови ти не в силі, ні ти, ні я. Ти з любові собі не жартуй, і з моїх очуттів не кипкуй. Бо що сталося мені, може статися й тобі, а за те ти мене не вірнуй. Бо не знаєш години ні дня, як в один так заб'ються серця. Не поможе тоді чи ніч, ніхто тобі, Любов завіта Не поможе Ти дівчі нічого Ніхто тобі Як до тебе любов завіта group called Kiev Orchestrio and a song called Tivs Lubovi Sobi Nezertui, which translates as You Don't Joke About Love. Dobri vachere dorihi radio suchachi tavitayu vas vsih na radio peridachu nash holos radio ukrainskoho korenia katra podiesie vam jak svečanos čo subote o šosti hodeni na bahatomovni radio stanci AM 1320 CHMB u misti Vancouveri i pomereži PCJ radio mižnorodnomu. Pri mikrofoni Pavlina Makwari djakuju što ve bule suchachame sjerni vacheri tarišale prebute zimnoju na stupnu hodenu. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm Paula Demchuk-McQuarrie, Pukarinska Pavlina, and I'm delighted to have you with me. We've got a great program lined up for you. We have episode 5 of Joan Brander's Pesenka Power podcast, and today it'll be all about using the pencil technique on Pesenka and... I, last week, I misidentified her episode four podcast, and uh, that was not all about dyes because that was episode three. Episode four was all about creating geometric designs. So today it'll be all about using a pencil to help you create those great geometric designs. And on Ukrainian Jewish heritage, Myra Janik, who is our usual Kanishka Corner book review reviewer will be reviewing a book for Ukrainian Jewish heritage. And this is an incredible book called Jews and Ukrainians, A Millennium of Coexistence. And it was co-authored by Paul Robert Magotchi and Johannin Petrovsky-Stern. So stay tuned for that. We've also got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next is a Canadian artist by the name of Odesha. And she's um believe it's a reggae artist and uh, but she has got Ukrainian roots and so she's recorded some Ukrainian music and this is her first release it's called Chervonaruta <laughs> <laughs> 
the Red Roo.
to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. The 24th Annual BC Ukrainian Cultural Festival takes place on Saturday, May 4th in Mission. Enjoy non-stop Ukrainian dance competitions from 9 a.m. till 6.30 p.m., authentic Ukrainian folk music, arts and crafts exhibits and vendors, a children's activity center, and more. And, of course, delicious traditional Ukrainian food. Tickets are just $8, $5, and $1 at the door. That's the 24th Annual BC Ukrainian Cultural Festival, Saturday, May 4th at the Heritage Park Secondary School, 33700 Prentice Street in Mission. Синий бро 
Ukrainian-American singer Andriana from her recent CD, just released in uh, late November of 2018. It is called Pisnis Domu, Songs from Home. And that song was Tamnahori Kruta Veja, which translates as On the Mountain. Up next, Millennia from Edmonton, picking up the pace a little bit. Here they are with Oi Chorna, Yesu Chorna, I Am a Dark-Eyed Beauty. For a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. 
I'm Myra Janik in Toronto for Nash Hollis Ukrainian Roots Radio. In this edition of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, we will be discussing Jews and Ukrainians, a millennium of coexistence by Paul Robert Magachi and Johannan Petrovsky Stern. Jews and Ukrainians, a millennium of coexistence is a comprehensive historical account of the relationship between Jews and ethnic Ukrainians, both in Ukraine and the diaspora. It was written primarily for a North American audience, but it has also been published in the Ukrainian language. It receives a special recognition award at the 2016 Lviv Book Forum, commissioned by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter and published by the University of Toronto Press. This book attempts to fill the gap of what Jews and Ukrainians know about each other. In the introduction, the writers state, There is much that ordinary Ukrainians do not know about Jews, and that ordinary Jews do not know about Ukrainians. There is even more that Jews and Ukrainians do not know about themselves. In the twelve thematic chapters of this book, the writers construct a parallel narrative of the two groups, looking at settlement patterns, history, economics, culture, religion, language, literature, theater, architecture, art, music, the diaspora, as well as contemporary political and social life. Each writer wrote separately, one concentrating on ethnic Ukrainians and one concentrating on Jews. However, they also collaborated in sections. They soon discovered that what emerged from our parallel narrative was a single story in which ethnic Ukrainians and Jews displayed as many similarities as differences. The book begins with an examination of how stereotypes, perceptions, and misperceptions, often based on blatant prejudice, cloud relations between Jews and Ukrainians. The relationship between the two groups goes back a thousand years. The first Jewish settlers moved to Ukrainian lands as maritime merchants from the Mediterranean basin. They settled in the coastal towns of the Black Sea, along with Greek colonists. During the time of Kievan Rus, Jews started arriving from Central Europe and settling in the central and northern Ukrainian towns. There are references to Jewish settlers in the literature of the period. Jews and Ukrainians continued to live together in the land that is contemporary Ukraine for hundreds of years, despite rule by foreign governments. By 1900, the inhabitants on the lands of present-day Ukraine totaled 30.6 million, comprised of 72.4% ethnic Ukrainians and 8.7% Jews. In sharp contrast, after the tragic events of the 20th century, such as the Holocaust and the Holodomor, today's ethnic Ukrainian population is about 37.5 million, with a Jewish population of only 84,000 or 0.02% living mostly in cities such as Kiev, Odessa, Dnipropetrovsk, and Kharkiv. This volume is full of intricate information, insightful historical analysis, detailed graphics and maps, as well as very relevant photographs. At times the detail almost seems encyclopedic, but the writers manage to make each and every section relevant and readable. Those new to Ukrainian studies will learn a great deal about Ukraine's history and culture. Those who have studied both Ukrainian and Jewish culture 
will appreciate the commentary and the analysis of historical events. Researchers will definitely appreciate the extensive list of resources at the end of this book. Perhaps the most important theme in this book is the evolving relationship between Jews and Ukrainians. The writers describe historical conflicts between the two groups during the Khmelnytsky era, Polish rule, anti-Jewish pogroms of the 1880s, Babinyar, the Holocaust, and Soviet rule. However, they also describe collaboration between the two groups during World War II, the Gorbachev era, the Orange Revolution, Kyiv's Maidan, and contemporary Ukraine. There is an extensive examination of links between the two groups in terms of language, art, literature, and cultural life. Paul Robert Magachi is Professor of History and Political Science and holds the John Yaremko Chair of Ukrainian Studies at the University of Toronto. Born in New Jersey, he completed his education at Rutgers, Princeton, and Harvard University. In 1996, he was appointed a permanent fellow of the Royal Society of Canada. He is interested in the history of nationalism, in particular among ethnic groups living in border areas. His recent works include With Their Back to the Mountains, A History of Carpathian Rus and Carpatho-Rusins, and This Blessed Land, Crimea and the Crimean Tartars. Johannan Petrovsky-Stern is Professor of Jewish Studies and Jewish History at Northwestern University, where he is the Crown Family Professor of Jewish Studies. Born in Kiev, he completed his education at Moscow University and Brandeis University. He is interested in Jewish history, Slavic Jewish literature, and the history and culture of Ukraine. His recent works include The Golden Age Shtel, A History of Jewish Life in East Europe, and Lenin's Jewish Question. Magachi and Petrovsky Stern have written an impressive book, packed with encyclopedic detail, while being as easy to read as a magazine. Although this book is unlikely to change deeply held perceptions, the writers believe that in order to properly appreciate Jewish-Ukrainian relations, Jews need to know as much about Ukrainians as Ukrainians need to know about Jews. Jews and Ukrainians, a millennium of coexistence, is available at Chapters Indigo and Amazon. I'm Myra Janik in Toronto for Nash Hollis Ukrainian Roots Radio. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com.
a song by a group called Luhansky Kozakir, which translates as Cossacks from Luhansk. Uh, that is an area in Ukraine that right now is occupied illegally by Russia. And that song was Hey no Solo, as a song from another era when Ukrainians were trying to shake off the Russian aggression. And that translates as Hey, there's a village. Coming up next, the Kuban Cossack Choir with a traditional Ukrainian folk song, Polubela Petrusia, I Love Peter. This is CHMB, AM 1320, Vancouver.
Popular Ukrainian songstress Oksana Mucha with Chlopsi Rebolovtsi, the Fisher Boys. Up next, another popular Ukrainian songstress. Her name is Mariana Sadovska. Here she is now with a cycle of spring calling songs from Polisia. <laughs> Oh, 
щоб було з ким літати, ой, я велю, було з ким літати, ой, я велю, ой, я велю. Скака воробейко, як було тепленько, його. Як мороз притиснув, воробей не писнув, ой-ой, воробей не писнув. А воробейка, жита коробейка, ой-ой, жита коробейка. Нема кому їсти, жінка маленька, ой-ой, жінка маленька. Ой, у лісі на горі сі. Дівчата, дівки молодиці, уй, дівки молоди, будемо скакати, зиму проводжати, уй, зиму проводжати, йди зиму, дай до Тульщина, уй, бо ти вже жена надокучила, уй, надокучила. I'm Joan Brander, and you're listening to my Pesinka Power podcast. I love Ukrainian egg decorating. I've been doing it for several decades, ever since I was a child. I've amassed so much knowledge and experience over those years, I thought that podcasting would be a great way to share my passion with you. I'll be telling you about their history, legends, and symbols. On the practical side, there's tools and techniques used in making them. Hints, tips, and do-it-yourself projects to talk about. Did you know that the fate of the world depends on Pesinka? There's an ancient Ukrainian legend that says, as long as Pesinka are being made, evil will not prevail over good in the world. They're one of the greatest traditions of all time, so I hope that my podcast will inspire you. Welcome to episode 5 of my podcast. In my previous episode, I talked about geometric patterns on traditional pesinka. It was such a long-winded podcast, I hope you didn't tune out. Today, I'd like to keep it short and simple. 
Let's detract from the serious stuff for a minute and focus on technique. Even the most experienced egg artists use pencil lines as a framework to maintain geometric balance. I'd like to give you a few pointers on this, such as what type of pencil to use, how much of the design to pencil out, how to remove unwanted or unsightly pencil marks, and troubleshooting problems and solutions. For some people, it's not that easy to eyeball proportion and dimension on the curved surface of an egg. Others can do it quite easily, freehand. My husband Tom teases that I can make a star rosette perfectly balanced on an egg with my eyes closed. But that's only because I've done it so many times. One thing you can do to help distribute repetitive patterns on an egg evenly is to use pencil guidelines. When writing Pessenke, you should strive for balance and symmetry as much as possible. Did you notice that I used the term writing Pessenke? I did this in other episodes too. That's because we say we write Pessenke. They're not painted, stenciled, nor drawn. They're written. So let's get into the content of this episode on pencil guidelines and start with the basics. I'm often asked, what type of pencil do you use? My answer is that I use one with a very hard lead. Most office supply and art stores carry different grades of both hard and soft pencils. A very hard lead works best. I usually use a number two or number three. I find that anything softer will smudge or rub off. Keep your pencil sharpened to a fine point. I like to use a lead pencil for this. It should go without saying that you should not use a ballpoint pen or marker. As for how much of the design to pencil out, don't pencil the entire design. Remember that the title of this podcast is Pencil Guidelines, and that is what you want. Just a few visible marks to help balance the distribution of your symbols and designs. You should use very little pressure and make long, smooth lines rather than short, sketchy ones. Make your pencil guidelines only on the white eggshell. It's very seldom that I add pencil to any parts of the colored egg. Most of all, avoid erasing, because erasing can make your eggshell non-receptive to the dyes. And when all is said and done, you'll have a blotchy area that can't be fixed. If you haven't pressed too hard with your pencil, the marks should come off when you remove the beeswax. Most beginners will learn to make Pessenke with a dark background color. In that case, if the pencil doesn't come off with the beeswax, it will be covered up by the darker dye colors. Let's say you've done everything I've suggested and the pencil lines are still showing. Here's a couple of troubleshooting problems and things you can do to fix them. If you have pencil marks showing through the lighter dyes, especially white areas of your egg, use a white eraser to remove them. You can purchase a white eraser at most stationery stores. In later episodes, I'll be talking about a technique called bleaching. These types of pesinke have large areas of white on them, so they may be more vulnerable to unwanted pencil lines showing up. On background colors other than white, I've used paint thinner on a Q-tip quite successfully. I gently wipe off the pencil marks. Again, a very light touch is important to prevent the dye from rubbing off. I've even used certain types of nail polish remover and spot remover to get rid of pencil marks that I don't want to show. Let me wrap up this episode on the importance and technique of using pencil guidelines with one more tip. 
Add a small jar of paint thinner to your kit of Pessenkes supplies. You never know when it might come in handy. For example, after you've melted off the beeswax from your Pessenka, there might be small traces of beeswax clinging to the pores of the egg. You can use a small amount of paint thinner on a tissue or cotton ball to gently wipe away your Pessenka. The colors will appear much brighter because they won't have the residue of dark beeswax distorting the colors. As you research more about Pessenka, whether from this podcast, from my website, babasbeeswax.com, or from other resources, you'll learn many techniques to nurture your interest and desire to write a perfect Pessenka for you. That's it for the main part of this episode. Now let's move on to talk about my recommendations for books and bits. In each episode of this podcast, I've been commenting on resources to support the topics covered, including various techniques that can be used. They're also on my website, babasbeeswax.com. There's no shortage of books dealing with the technique of Pessenke, with many of them showing diagrams and pictures. I've found that the best resource books include basic division marks to make with a pencil. There's a family of authors in Minneapolis who have done a fabulous job of writing a series of numbered books just like this. I've used them for years and have them all in my personal collection. I highly recommend ordering one for yourself to enrich your library on the topic of Pessenke. I think it's best to start with book one and go from there. Maybe request one as a gift from a loved one for your birthday or a special day. They're available for purchase along with supplies, kits, and other books from my store, Baba's Beeswax. Right next to the book's listing on the Baba's Beeswax online store is an icon which links you directly to our YouTube channel. There's several playlists to watch, but the one I want to lead you to is the book preview video clips. You'll see me flip through the pages to see the format, colorful covers, and contents of featured Pessenka designs. Well, that's all for today. Join me again for the next episode, just in time for Easter. In case you're still not sure if Pessenka are right for you, or if you're just running out of time before Easter, I'll be talking about other types of Ukrainian decorated eggs that are quick and easy. Before I go, allow me to tell you about Baba's Beeswax and how you can get in touch with me. Back in 1991, sitting around the dining room table with my family, it got me thinking that, well, maybe I should do more with my egg decorating hobby. We came up with the whimsical name Baba's Beeswax. Since then, Baba's Beeswax has been doing a lot of buzzing. We have a website at babasbeeswax.com. Our studio comes alive with workshops and demonstrations. We write books, pamphlets, teaching aids, and videos. We have a library for all the publications we produce and collect. Not only that, we have a gallery of all the Pesenka we've made and collected. Please drop by for a visit. We're located in Richmond, British Columbia. If you like shopping in person, it's very easy to get to. We're not far from the Vancouver International Airport. And for our American friends, we're just a few hours' drive north of Seattle. For shopping on the internet, you can visit our online store at babasbeeswax.com. We've had it since 1997. Pardon the pun, but we've been buzzing around for a long time. We're doing our best to keep up with technology, so we're connecting with you on YouTube, Facebook, and other platforms. 
Now we're podcasting and we're very excited to be doing that. You too can follow the buzz by giving us your comments or a thumbs up. We're here to help you choose kits and supplies like the beeswax, kiska and dyes you'll need. You can get everything you need all year round, not only at Easter. In case you missed anything, you can listen to my podcast again. We've put the audio file on our website, babasbeeswax.com. Or you might like reading along, so we've put the transcript there too. That's it for me, Joan Brander of Baba's Beeswax. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. group called Molotzi, which translates as young people, and a song called Hopshoop Canada, a song about emigrating to Canada. Coming up next, Joe Hitzik and the Starlights from somewhere in Alberta. Here they are with Oikume Kume, a song about godparents. 
now has a Patreon site, and I hope as a listener you'll consider supporting the show with a donation there. Nasholus is not funded by government and has no corporate financing, so as little as a dollar a month will make a huge difference. Your money will be put to good use to help cover the myriad costs of keeping a show like this online and on the air. So please check out our Patreon page. There are links everywhere on the Nasholus website, www.nasholus.com, or just go to patreon.com and search for Nasholus.
the inimitable Mickey and Bunny with uh, John Denver remake set in Manitoba rather than Virginia. And of course, that was Country Roads. You've been listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver, which comes to you Saturdays from 6 to 7 p.m. here on AM 1320 CHMB on the radio dial and online at am1320.com, as well as in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. If you miss a live transmission of the show, get the podcast at our website, www.nasholos.com. You'll find a link to the full podcast there, as well as audio archives and transcripts, information about the show, and a link to our Patreon site, where I do hope you'll engage with me and join our other Patreon supporters. Kto dobre svi fach znaje, toj nikola sebe ne zavstidaje. And our proverb of the week translates as, Whoever knows his occupation well will never have cause to be ashamed. And with that, we've come to the end of our program. So one last song for you. It'll be the Interlake Polka Kings and the Fisher Polka. I'm Pavlina. On behalf of all of us here at Nosh Holos and AM 1320, thanks for listening and dobranich.
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.